0: Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Today's team, the St. Louis Blues. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at i80sports. Make sure you check out our website down below, i80sports.com, for all of our team previews coming up because we are previewing all 32 teams in the NHL before the beginning of the regular season in October. We're already halfway through the Central Division, and we are already fully through the Pacific Division. So we're moving coast to coast right now. If you have a favorite team from either of those divisions, go and check out our playlist on YouTube. And while you're there, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up. Hey, if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I-80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're already currently following, thank you so much because we greatly, greatly appreciate all the support we've been getting on these videos. And it's because of you guys that we're able to do this on a weekly basis. So thank you guys so much for currently following if you are. And if you're not, consider it. You won't be disappointed whatsoever. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today?
1: Doing well, doing well. And here we are to preview a team that actually won the Stanley Cup, uh, believe it or not, two years ago. We're still two years removed from that St. Louis Blue Stanley Cup. It seems like it was su- it was such a long time ago, but it really wasn't. So I'm um, uh, – you know they've had uh, some not so great seasons since not terrible years but um, not years to follow it up either so uh, let's just get right into it see uh, where they may be going this year
0: yeah I think it's time to just dive right in to see how St. Louis is doing after this past off season. so first let's talk about some 2020 and 2021 team facts for the St. Louis Blues so first what was their record last year? The record last year was 27-20-9. That's 27 wins to 20 losses to 9 overtime losses. Good for 63 points, and they finished 4th in the NHL West Division last year. Power play and penalty kill wise? Well, the power play, they were quite above league average. The league average is 19%. They were sitting at 23.23% on the power play. Well done by the St. Louis Blues. But on the other hand, penalty kill, they were below league average. League average is about 80%. They were sitting pretty at 77.78% on the penalty kill. So we definitely got to boost those numbers. Those are rookie numbers right there. Now, leading scorers on this team this past year, we had David Perron with 58 points, Ryan O'Reilly with 54 points, and Braden Shen and former St. Louis Blue Mike Hoffman tied with 36 points. So there was quite a drop off between Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Shen. Something that we might discuss a little bit later. We shall see. Key additions and subtractions for the St. Louis Blues. Well, not too many additions, but the two additions that they really did have were big additions. Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich. Sorry, Tom. Or maybe not. But Don't really be sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Subtractions. There were quite a bit of uh, subtractions here, though. Jaden Schwartz, Alex Steen, Carl Gunnarsson, Tyler Bozak, Mike Hoffman, Sammy Blay, and Vince Dunn to the expansion draft. He is officially a member of the Seattle Kraken. So a lot of that core that won the Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues in 2019, shipping off uh this past off season so a little bit of a different looking team coming up but might not necessarily be a bad looking team by any means now we got to talk about some x-factors and no when we're talking about x-factors we're not talking about ea nhl 2022 fact x-factors we're talking about our brand of x-factors here so who in your mind is the most important player to the team's success this year. Tom, let's start with you because I've talked long enough, as per usual, at this point in the video. Who do you feel are X factors on the St. Louis Blues this year?
1: Sure. Well, um, a big one here is someone I'm pretty familiar with, and that's Pavel Buchnevich. Um, he was brought in in a trade from the Rangers. He was still a restricted free agent. He was given a nice four-year deal at $5.8 million per year. And he was brought in theoretically, and let me say the key word here is, theoretically replaced Vladimir Tarasenko. As a guy who watched Pavel Bucinavich a lot in New York, he's not the same caliber player as Vladimir Tarasenko. Another thing with Bucinavich is this. As good of a player as he's been, he's played the majority, if not all of his career, with Mika Zabanajad as a center. With all due respect to Braden Shen, who he's required to slot next to on their second line, Braden Shen is no Mika Zabanajad. So I think my, I think Bucinavich, with their front office and their management might have been rated a little too high in their heads. Um, another guy here, believe it or not, is Jordan Binnington. Two years ago, he was uh, he was a god in St. Louis. Won that Stanley Cup for them, the first one in their history. Led them from being in last place to the top of the mountain. But since then, his goals against average have gotten progressively worse each year. And as crazy as it sounds, guess what Jordan Binnington's last playoff win was? It was that Game 7 victory against the Boston Bruins in that 2019 Stanley Cup final. He has not won a playoff game since then. From what I'm looking at here for the way this roster is constructed, this team is kind of built with a net out mentality. Jordan Binnington is still the most important player on this team. It's Binnington, then the defense, and then hope that you can sort of score by committee with those four forward lines. So they're going to need Jordan Binnington to get back to his old ways of 2019 or else this team is going to find themselves in the same trouble they found themselves in the previous two years especially with Vladimir Tarasenko being a huge question mark still.
0: Yeah, and that's going to be a subject that we get to in a little bit of time, but we still got to talk about X-Factors here. So to me, the biggest X-Factor is Ryan O'Reilly, who is one of the best two-way forwards in the entire league. He has averaged almost a point per game as a member of the St. Louis Blues since leaving the Buffalo Sabres. 192 points in 209 games, and yeah, sorry, Buffalo fans, for still feeling the pain from that one. Shout-out to Frozen 4 Podcast. I know it's not the proper shout-out for you guys, but, you know, still inflict a little bit of pain on you guys. Uh, And besides just being nearly a point-per-game player for Ryan O'Reilly, he also won the Selkie Trophy in 2019 for being the best two-way forward in the league. Could this be another year where he wins the Selk again? We shall certainly see another X factor uh, is his line mate, David Perron before the age of 29 Perron was nowhere near a point per game player with his highest point total coming in 2013 with 57 points in 78 games, not a bad season by any means, but certainly not a point per game type of producer since then, since his uh, age 29 season, Peron has 230 points in 254 games from 2017 to present, with last year being the first year he averaged over a point per game, 58 points in 56 games to be exact. Peron is aging very well. He's aging like fine wine. But St. Louis hopes that he continues to age like fine wine and does not go the other direction and starts aging like really bad sour milk. Lastly, I'll mention Tori Krug, who is coming into his second season as a member of the Blues. Krug did not have a bad year, but it left something to be desired with only two goals in 51 games, which is his lowest goal, goal total of any season in his career. Not counting his first two years, if you look on hockey reference, just because... He played three games from 2011 to 2013 that I really don't count that whatsoever. Is like actual like minutes logged in the NHL Tory Krug who was signed by the St. Louis blues uh, last fall as from the Boston Bruins. He's likely going to see top line minutes as well as power play minutes. I really do think he's going to have a bounce back year. I think he just had, A first year on a big contract hangover. I think this year is where he really shows why St. Louis shelled out a ton of money for him last fall. Next, we got to move on to some breakout candidates. Who is a player in your mind that could have a career year, maybe a big rookie season, or maybe just the biggest year of their career to date? Tom, let's talk about you here. Who could be a breakout candidate for the St. Louis Blues?
1: I'm going with uh, Klim Kostin here. He's a very highly regarded prospect. Um, He's played very well for Russia in the few times he's played with them in the World Junior Championship Tournament. Um, As we've learned with these Russian players, um, a lot of times they don't come over right away, and then you get a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, for example, a guy like Artemi Panarin, a guy like Karel Kaprizov, guys who come over maybe around the ages of 23 or 24, come over here and really, really dominate after, you know, not, you know, you, you don't hear much from them over there and then they come over here and dominate. Um, in his short career, he's only played six games. He's got one goal and one assist in six games, which isn't terrible. You know, that would, that would get him around 13 goals. And if he can get like maybe 15 goals and 15 assists playing third line minutes, that would be pretty good. If Tarasenko is not there, I would expect them to think that Pavel Buchnevich and Klim Kostin would be there to um, replace Tarasenko's point production. So um, uh, we'll see what happens with him. He was a guy that uh, when Bucinavich's name was being floated around as going to St. Louis, a lot of Ranger fans wanted him as the return. Obviously it didn't happen, but um, uh, let's just see what happens with Clem Coston this year over there in St. Louis.
0: Yeah, I think Clem Coston is a very popular choice here. And I do think he will break out in a big way this year. But I'm going to go a different course here, and I'm going to go ahead and say Robert Thomas. Thomas has a career high of 42 points, which he did in a COVID shortened season. This could be the first time he plays a full 82 game season. Keep in mind, he's only 20, like 22 years old. If he does play all 82 games and plays in the top nine, most nights I could see as a 2020 year 20. 22-year-old center. I will learn to English soon, I promise. (laughs) As a 22-year-old center having a potentially big year, I'm kind of surprised that not more people are talking about him as a just a breakout candidate in general in just the NHL, let alone the Blues. He's a guy that I think needs to be talked about a little bit more. But, as always, when we come to this point in the show, it's time to start talking about the potential opening night lineup for the St. Louis Blues here, which we got to mention, it is currently the beginning of September. There's a lot of time between now and October when the season begins. So take what we are showing you right now with a big grain of salt. So that being said, and that preface out of the way, what could the St. Louis Blues opening night lineup look like? Well, we are going to start, as always, with the top forward line. Forward line one, we're moving from left wing center to right wing here. First, we start with Zach Sanford, Ryan O'Reilly, and David Perron. Moving on to the second forward line, line two, we've got Brandon Saad, Brayden Shen, and Pavel Buchnevich. So two new faces in that top six right away. Moving on to the third line, we've got Clem Costin, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo. Might I say, that's a strong-looking third line. I really, really, really like this potential third line right now. And moving on to the fourth line, Ivan Barbashev, Oscar Sungfist, and Mackenzie McEachern which not a bad fourth line either. We do need to add a note here that we did not include Vladimir Tarasenko in this lineup. We'll explain a little bit more when we get to variables, but we needed to make, make it known here that we did not include him in the opening night lineup. If he does end up in the lineup for the St. Louis blues, I would absolutely expect that he will most likely play on the second line for the St. Louis blues, but that might require a little bit of shuffling, something that we can talk about later. Next, moving on to the first line of defense, we've got Tori Krug and Justin Falk. One of the best defense lines in the entire NHL, let alone just the Blues right now. Second line of defense, we've got Marco Scandella with Colton Pareko. Colton Pareko, who just got Quite a healthy-looking raise for the St. Louis Blues and quite a long extension as well. And on the third line of defense, we've got Nico McCullough with Robert Bortuzzo. Lastly, the goaltending, as we talked about before, the starting goaltender for the St. Louis Blues will be Jordan Binnington, and backing him up this year will be Husso. So not a bad lineup on paper there for the St. Louis Blues. But, as always, we have to talk about variables because things can change between now and October. Things could change between October to the Olympic break in February. Things could change from the Olympic break to the trade deadline. So, we're going to talk about that right now. So, Tom, in your mind, what are some variables here for the St. Louis Blues
1: lineup? Well, it's really painfully obvious right here. It's Vladimir Tarasenko. He's requested a trade. Nothing has really come of it, though you've heard rumblings of maybe him coming to the New York area to play for the devils, the Islanders or the Rangers, but it's been nothing but talk. It's been rumors. It's been this, it's been that, but it, it, nothing really got off the ground. You know, um, he stated that he will be at camp on day one. Um, it actually was confirmed today by Craig Berube on, uh, the cam and strict podcast that they do plan on having Vladimir Tarasenko there on day one. And they plan to, uh, You know, play him wherever they're going to play him. They plan to have him as a member of the team like nothing's going on. It's going to be business as usual with the St. Louis Blues if Vladimir Tarasenko isn't traded by then. If he does stay, it can actually help him in a way. I know you previously alluded to playing him on the second line. If you put him on that second line, you're most likely going to – you're going to probably drop Brandon Saad down into the third line. Pavel Buchnevich can play on the left or the right. So you move Buchnevich to the right. You put – to the left, rather. I'm sorry. You put Vladimir Tarasenko on the right. And you know what? Then Pavel Buchnevich, in a way, it kind of helps him out because now he has another type of player, another Mika Zabanejad type of star player on that line. I actually think as a Ranger fan, and in pan, I can get crucified for this, but I think that Tarasenko is a little bit better of a player than Mika Zabanejad is. So there you are. You have Buchnevich, again, with another high-caliber player. And when Buchnevich is put with high-caliber players, he really strives. So in a way, that may help them. But like I said, we don't know if he will be there if he, or if he will not be there. Right now, he is in St. Louis' his plans to have him at training camp. But you want to know what? Before training camp in the next week, in the next week and a half, he could be moved somewhere. You never know. But like I said, as of right now, he'll be there training camp on day one if he's still a rostered member of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, and inserting...
0: Vladimir Tarasenko does come with its problems in the lineup because more than likely the odd person out in my mind in this lineup is probably Mackenzie McKeckern. if Vladimir Tarasenko does enter into this lineup. But then you have to do a little bit of shuffling here and you might have one or two guys that get the short end of the stick. For instance, you move Vladimir Tarasenko to the second line which bumps Brandon Sod down to the third line, which bumps Clem Kostin down to the fourth line and moves Ivan Barbashev over to the right side, or you move Clem Kostin over to the right side on that fourth line. But on the plus side, it gives you versatility in that lineup. It gives you a lot of lineup depth if that does happen. But the obvious variable is Tarasenko. You know, is he going to play at all for the St. Louis Blues? You know, last time we had heard... Uh, St. Louis was trying to drive up the price in the Metropolitan Division between the New York Rangers, the New Jersey Devils, and the New York Islanders. But the problem becomes all three teams are now not really very interested in Vladimir Tarasenko if they have to take on his full contract, which St. Louis is insisting on at the moment, that wherever he is dealt, they want whoever takes on Vladimir Tarasenko to take on the entirety of his contract. That being said, all three teams could do that at the moment. It's more so the principle of, do they want to do that right now? The New Jersey Devils are going to have to pay for a couple names after this year, namely Jack Hughes. The Rangers have to be cognizant of their cap over the course of the next few years. You're going to have to afford Capo Caco. You're going to have to afford Alexi Lafreniere after a few years. And for the Islanders, you know, they're a little bit, strapped for cash anyway and Lou Lamarillo is certainly not afraid to use his cap but he also doesn't want to fully lead on exactly what he has at the moment so that being said who knows where Tarasenko ends up right now is he a member of the St. Louis Blues on opening night we'll just have to see I think it is a good chance that he is but we couldn't necessarily feel right putting him in that potential opening night lineup other than that I think the other question is, will Brandon Saad and Pavel Buchnevich have a good first year in St. Louis? I think both of them do. I really don't think any of them are going to have a weird first year in St. Louis. I think they will produce at their regular rates. Other than that, that's all I got in terms of variables for the St. Louis blues. There wasn't really that, that much that I could really think of, but we've got to wrap things up here with our question of the day, which our question of the day stays the same as always. Where does St. Louis end up in the Central Division? Where do they finish in the Central Division this year? Tom, let's start with your thought here. Where does St. Louis finish in the Central Division this year?
1: Well, like their division rivals, the Minnesota Wild, there's still some uncertainty with this lineup, but I feel like it's less uncertainty with them than, say, the Minnesota Wild. Kirill Kaprizov carried the Minnesota Wild last year on his back. As good as Tarasenko is, there's still a lot of other talent there in St. Louis where Tarasenko doesn't need to carry the team on his back and if they do lose him I don't think it's gonna um uh, really change the direction of the team or really impact them in a neg- in a in a super negative way where they're going to fall at the same time this is not the same team that had won the Stanley Cup back in 2019 um you know there's teams in that division that are obviously better than they are um so with their uncertainty with Tarasenko and with a couple other teams that I like uh, that I like a little bit better with them I'm going to go with fifth right now for the St. Louis Blues.
0: Honestly, that's a good assessment. I think there's just so much uncertainty going forward right now for the St. Louis Blues, but there's no doubt. They have a decent squad. However, I'm just not sure they finish in the top four this year. There are a couple teams that I like better than the St. Louis Blues right now. And who knows, if they if St. Louis ends up playing better, I could eat my words on this one. But that being said, I think they finish right outside of the top four, and I'm going to say they finish fifth as well. And I need to amend something from a, a few previous videos ago. In my Chicago Blackhawks prediction, I had them finishing fifth, but after thinking about it a little bit more, I actually think Chicago might finish sixth instead. So I do need to amend that thought. (laughs) <laughs> from that previous video to just kind of fit my narrative here so that's what i'm going with that's what i'm sticking with i'm gonna say that st louis finish mm-hmm. finishes fifth in the central division this year but guys as always what do you guys think do you agree do you disagree make sure that you let us know down below in the comment section and hey while you're there drop a like and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up because hey you might not necessarily be a st louis blues fans but we are covering every single nhl team all 32 teams leading up to the beginning of the nhl season in october so make sure that you check out our playlist on our channel make sure that you hit that bell notification so that way you're notified of every single video that we release between now and the beginning of the nhl season and hey You can also check out our website down below and find all of our content there as well at i80sports.com. Not only can you find our NHL and team preview content there, but the NFL season is right on the horizon. You can check out our NFL, NCAA football, MLS, and NBA coverage there as well. You got to make sure that you show our guys some love at the beginning of the football season right now. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you are currently following, thank you so much because without your support, we wouldn't be able to do this on a weekly basis. So we greatly appreciate all the follows and all the love we've been getting on all of our videos lately. So thank you so much. But it's time to leave the St. Louis Blues for right now and move on to a different team. As always, I'm Brian. He's Tom. This has been our St. Louis Blues 2021-2022 team preview.